Hello. And welcome to yet another episode of Saturday the 14th. I am your host, Maggie. And I am Maddie. Who's also a host on this podcast. I am, it's We're true. both hosts. It's the two of us. Are, you might call us co-hosts. You might, but I'd prefer that you didn't. Okay, that's fine. We're mutual hosts. We are just hosts. We're just hosts. No prefix. No prefixes needed. No suffixes. No. Just. What would the suffix be for that? Hostesses? I hate that so much. Hosti? Hosti. I suppose that could work. I like hosti. Hosti is good. We are your hosti. With the most eye. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here to talk about a movie featuring... Many women and many creepy crawlies. And many bones and much blood. Much, much blood. And the deep, deep sensual caverns of North Carolina? Correct. As depicted on screen <laughs> by England. <laughs> Not only that, but these uh, deep sensual caves are sound stages because they were too afraid to go into the caves because yeah. they were afraid of what happened in the movie would actually happen to them. All those rocks are polyurethane. Yep. Much like in old episodes of Star Trek, but these ones look good, unlike old episodes of Star Trek. <laughs> I thought you were going to say much like in old episodes of our podcast. I was like, Maggie, no one else can see these fake rocks that we have everywhere on this I table. I told you that we didn't need to buy all these fake rocks for our podcast. I disagree. I think we need to make us more professional. The atmosphere for our listeners even if they can't see it they will hear the rocks actually that's apparently an issue that they had in this movie which is that none of the sound sounded correct because it was not bouncing off of the oh, polyurethane really rocks the right way or the foam rocks so they had to re-record all that stuff are fake rocks cheaper than real rocks because like you can just go out into nature and buy some real rocks or just well, you can buy like the ground. right you can buy real stones i don't think you can buy real rock formations I think they just weren't trying hard enough. I mean, you're going to have to take that up with Neil Marshall, who is the writer and the director of the 2005 monster adventure horror, The The Descent, Descent, which is what we're talking about. And if you're thinking, wow, these people seem a little weird tonight. You're not wrong. We are a little weird tonight. So (laughs) buckle the fuck in because it's not going to get better. I think we're always a little bit weird. This is nothing new. No, but it's been like two weeks since we've recorded... We got our hot toddies. It's like nine o'clock at night on a Wednesday. You know, there's no better time or way to record than late at night, slightly deliriously (laughs) tired and with a hot toddy in hand. My dog woke me up at three o'clock in the morning to go outside this morning, so I am exhausted and what happens will just happen on this episode my cat has just decided to start stealing my pillow and then slowly he puts all four little paws on my head and just over like an hour pushes my head off the pillow so the pillow is no longer mine and then i am pillowless so my dog is blind and deaf and senile and so he has to sleep in a crate now because he just wanders around the house all night otherwise and it's very sad he's like a weird victorian ghost um, so the way that he wakes me up in the middle of the night when he has to go out is just waking up and then bonking into all of the sides of his cage until the noise wakes me up. My cat is young and active and has a, I don't know what the opposite of Majestic. Majestic. He's Majestic. too smart for his own good. He is too smart for his own good. Everything he does is malicious. Yeah, Queso's just, I mean... He's just trying, you know? He's good. doing his best. But Anyway, let's talk about The Descent now that we've talked yeah. about our animals. Um, as Maggie mentioned, this came out in 2005. Sure did. It- and it- <laughs> Go ahead. Go uh, like I said, it was written and directed by Neil Marshall. It stars Shauna McDonald, 
Natalie Mendoza, Alex Reed, Saskia Mulder, Miana Boring, and Nora Jane Noon. Um, as you'll notice, those are all women's names. They are. This is, I think, yeah. This has the fewest men, I would say, of any movie that we have done so far. Has one? It's got like, yeah, like, I guess if you count some of the creatures as men, I think some the of them are male. The creatures are men, but they don't have but any voice not, lines right. or anything like that. They're they just there. They are just kind of gross, weird men standing around. Yeah, they're not really characters as much as monsters. And then it has, like, one of the women's husbands For, is like, like, a hot second. Yeah, because he dies in the first, like, three minutes of the movie. Like, he's important, but he's not on screen very much. We'll get to this later, but... Um, the writer and director of this movie had previously done a horror movie that had almost all men in it, so he was like, I'm going to go the opposite way. And even though the idea for this was originally to have a mixed-gendered cast, he was like, nah, it's going to be all women. And he did it, and it was great. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's... I don't know. I think it's great. I don't think it's something that you see a terrible amount. Um, I think you should see it more, because I, I don't think that a movie in which there are just six guys on, like, a that cave diving like trip... Yeah, that's like any movie. Um I don't know. I just I like that a lot. I think it's cool. I think he's very casual about it. It doesn't. It's not like look at this girl power movie about cave divers. It's no, just it's like, like here are these women. They're cave divers. It's a bunch of friends. They're yeah. going on an adventure. Uh, one of them fucks over everyone else, and then uh, they all die. Yeah. Uh, so this one was made on like a relatively small budget, not like a tiny budget. It was a budget of um, so it's three point five million pounds, which I don't actually know what that would have been in two thousand five. Um, it's probably about one and a half. Uh, U.S. dollars. It ranges between like 1.5 to 2. So that's like 5 million? Between 5 and 6 million? Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. It made $57 million, which is a pretty good turnaround, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, and it has like a cult following. People love this movie. Yeah, I see this on a lot of like... So I'm currently uh, trying to watch my way through a list of like the top 100 um, horror movies of all time, which I found on like, I don't know, The Atlantic or like some random website. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty good list and this was on there and it shows up on like a lot of those like best horror movies best modern horror movies people really love it I feel like I should do that but then that would require me to watch The Thing and I feel like it's just become such an ongoing joke about the fact that I haven't watched The Thing uh, alright so this movie starts off not in a cave but in fact on a river yes it's a very rough river you might call it a white river because there are women who are white river rafting. In fact, they are. Um, and so there are these three women out on the river, and they kind of catch up with um, one of the women's husbands who's, like, waiting for them on the bank, and her baby, her little, her like, daughter, daughter yeah. who's probably, like, five. or She's not a baby, yeah. but she's, like, small. She's young. And so uh, they get out of the raft, and they go and... Um, meet up with the husband the husband like spends a lot of time taking off one of the other women's helmets it's very sexual it's very obvious there's like, like a he's, lot like, of lusty eye contact like this is one of those like we're gonna hit you over the head with something that might be relevant later ha 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 like come on they're fucking obviously fucking and so sarah who is the woman whose <laughs> husband is there um it's uh her husband's name is paul and then they have a daughter named jessica right yeah, so Sarah is the one with the husband and the daughter. Mm-hmm. Juno was the one who's definitely fucking the oh, husband. Yeah. And then Beth is the third friend. Right, who is like the good friend. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she is nice. Uh, and so on the way home, Sarah and her husband are like talking. Um, and she's like, why have you been so distant recently? Like, are you okay? Is everything going on? Spoiler, he's fucking her friend. So that's why. Yep. And then like literally before he can even answer, they get 
into a car accident where the truck in front of them sends like it stops short it's in these very beams. final destination oh god yeah yeah so instead of a giant log coming out of the truck a la final destination which is funny because like we watched final destination that wasn't even in the first one i think it must have been yeah. two or three um yeah and so there are these like giant metal poles that come through and they just go like straight through his head yeah i was not expecting that shit i knew that this was like I knew about the whole cave aspect of this, obviously, because that's, like, what the movie's about. But, like, I did not expect that shit to happen I watched at this all. movie, like, a year or two ago when it was on Netflix. Apparently it left Netflix, like, last October. Yeah. It also Rip. left Shudder since the last time that I double went on to Shudder. So I had to pay for it on Amazon, which is Same. fine. But I guess Amazon so much money for this podcast. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Uh, cheers, Amazon. Yeah. Um, but I had watched this movie, like, two years ago. And I just completely forgot about that part. I was like, oh, that's a that's a thing. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yep. But kind of cool. And so uh, then we see, like, Sarah wake up in the hospital. And it's a very interesting shot because it's, like, obviously, like, more supposed to be about, like, her mental state than the actual, like, events of what's happening. She wakes up. She does that thing where she, like, rips the IVs out of her arm, which everybody does in movies when they wake up in hospitals. They're not supposed to do that. I've woken up with an IV in my arm a couple times. Post-surgery. Mm-hmm. Not post-traumatic event. But, like, you are so high on everything when you're waking up after being, like, put under. I made just nonstop jokes. <laughs> Like, did not stop for, like, half an hour. Thought I was the funniest person in the world. Can't remember a single joke that I made. That's absolutely what I would do if I woke up after surgery. But, like, you're usually not quite... The first time you wake up, the first couple of minutes, you're usually not aware enough to, like, rip stuff out. She was like, get these out of me. I barely remember the first 12 hours after I woke up. And then she sort of goes, like, running down the hallway. She's, like, screaming for her daughter, Jessica. Uh, and, like, the lights keep going off behind her. Which I guess is like a sort of an analogy or a metaphor for like her grief or something like that or like realizing what's happening. It's a really cool shot. And then she sort of like you like flash to like the actual hospital and like her friend Beth is sort of consoling her while like Juno looks on and she looks. Yeah. And so a year later, uh, Sarah, Juno and Beth, as well as a couple of other friends and one person who um, they're just meeting for the first time, Holly. Mm-hmm. They're all, like, hanging out in a cabin, having, like, a wonderful girls' weekend away. Yeah, they're, like, basically this is, like, them all trying to sort of reunite after Sarah's traumatic event. They I guess Juno kind of distanced herself. Um, I think Juno later implies that Sarah stopped, like, talking to everyone. Yeah. They wanted her to kind of get back to her adventurous self because it seems like they all would go out on these really fun, crazy adventures together. And it seems like after her husband and daughter died, she just kind of stopped doing that, which, like, yeah, that's understandable. understandable. What I didn't like is when they're driving through the woods. So it's um, Sarah and Beth are driving through the woods together to get to, like, the cabin. And <laughs> they make, like, these bitchy comments about how, like, oh, we get dragged out to the middle of nowhere. Like, look at this, like, bullshit, shitty place. That we're... They're, like, in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains in, like, North Carolina. They're in, like, one of... I mean, it's shot in England, but, like, one of the most beautiful parts of, like, America... And they're, like, bitching about how it's, like, the middle of nowhere. And, oh, it's so shitty that she'd drag us all the way out here. To be fair, every single woman in this movie does have an accent. But some of them are Except different Except Juno. Kinds. Juno's American. Oh, shit. Was she? I think so. I honestly I didn't notice any accent on her part. Recognize that. I know that uh, the writer-director, he talked about how he wanted there to be people with various different types of accents and they're all like coming together well jokes on you i'm american every european accent sounds basically indistinguishable to me um i think they were different areas of the uk a lot of them because yeah. they have slightly different accents i think um sam and rebecca who are siblings um are 
did not realize like, they were siblings. I was like, they look kind of Dutch or Danish or something like that. Okay, that makes sense. And then Holly, I think, is Scottish. I don't know. I also don't remember which accent which went with, like, which girl. Honestly, I could not keep their names or who each of them were. They look a lot alike. Um, There's, like, like two, two blonde women who look identical. Um, yeah, there are three blonde women. Yeah. The movie is very just, like, it's dark. It's dark. Um, on purpose, because they're in a cave 90% of the time. And... Juno is very obvious. Yeah. Holly Juno's the only woman of color in the movie. very obvious. Yeah. Because she has, like, short hair. She's kind of punky. Um, Beth is pretty obvious, but took me a yeah. second. And then the other three, Sarah, Sam, Sam and, Becca. and Becca. Like, the three of them, like, I could not tell you which one was which because they were just, like, blonde women with helmets. Yeah. That you could only see, like, vague features of. And until there's a point where Sarah ends up entirely drenched in blood. That was the only one. I was like, okay, cool, that's Sarah. Yeah, or, like, when she's, like, separated from the rest of them. I was like, okay, the one that's not with anybody else is Sarah. Exactly. Like, it is very, very hard, especially, yeah, like you said, when they're all in helmets in the dark in the cave. It's like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> yeah. Um, Holly and Juno were the only two. I was like, okay, yeah. that's Holly, that's Juno. Everyone else, like, I don't know who they are. Yeah. So they're having, like, a pretty good time. It gets a little weird in a couple places where, like, they'll – like, there's a photo of um, a bunch of them that calls to mind, like, a quote from uh, Sarah's late husband. She says something about, like, love every day, which is, like, something that he used to say all the time. Like, there's a couple of moments where, like, it kind of gets sad and she's obviously, like, still emotional about it. Obviously. Obviously. Um, but for the most part, it seems fine. And so they decide that they're going to go out the next day to um, these caves. Uh, Borman Cavern? Boren? Borman? I think it's Borman Caverns or something like that. And Holly makes a joke about how it's, like, the more, like, the boring caverns because, like, they might as well have a gift shop. Like, it's just such a tourist trap. Yeah, it's supposed to be a really commonly done. It's supposed to be cool, but, like, everyone yeah. goes there. Right. And so they go to the cave entrance, and it's basically just a hole in the ground, and they just have to drop directly down in. And it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah, they go in, and it's this beautiful giant cavern Yeah, that, like, has, like, water pouring in. And they're all, as soon as they end, they're like, okay, yeah, this is gorgeous. Like, we're happy that we are here. Um, and while they're in there, Juno sort of takes Sarah aside when they have a moment together and, like, apologizes for not being there for her after the accident. And Sarah, like, doesn't really know. It seems like she doesn't really know what to say. She feels uncomfortable with it. She just sort of blows her off. Um, and so they just sort of keep moving along and keep going. Um, and so not long after this, uh, they're going through, and at this point, um, and this is something really cool that the director wanted, was he wanted there to be very few light sources, because mm-hmm. he knew in the cave itself like there would be very few light sources. So all the women have helmets with um, headlamps attached to them, and occasionally they will use like fuses, um, or they uh, some will have like a glow-up stick, and they have flashlights they'll use, but like yeah. overall there are very few sources of light, and the whole like first half, they don't even use the flashlights much. Right. Um, but a lot of people holding flares up and sh- yeah, like really it's really cool. cool. Um, and so they're crawling through the space um, that all of them are having trouble getting through because it's pretty thin. I did At not point, like this. Sarah part. gets like stuck. This part I would say to me is the scariest part of the entire movie because I am very claustrophobic. I do not like being in small spaces. Cave diving is my actual nightmare, and I know for sure that if I got stuck in a little tiny space, I would react exactly like she does in this, which is like. Beth goes down and is like, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And Sarah's like, I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to be okay. I'm stuck here. I'm going to die here. She's freaking out. I thought this was 
without a doubt the scariest part of the entire movie. But Beth does eventually get Sarah out. She like grabs her arm and they help like pull her out kind of. Right. But as she's doing that, the caves basically start collapsing like, collapsing behind in. her. Yeah. And they have to leave like there's a rope bag that they have to leave behind. So they yeah. it's like it's a rough exit. She barely gets out alive. And so they get out and one of the other women is like, "It's okay. I put in with like the rangers that we are going to be in this cave. They're, so they're going to come for us." And then uh, Juno's just over in the corner looking real guilty for a second. And she's like, so the thing about that is that we put in a path to Borman Cavern, which is... She doesn't even say it. Yeah. Someone else is like, oh, but we're not in this cavern, are we? And Juno's like, well, uh, eh. And so she's like, well, the thing is that, like, like Holly said, you know, it's just such a boring cavern. And Holly is like, hold up a second now. (laughs) That is not what my intention was here. And she's like... No one knows about this one. Like, this one's never been mapped. So it was going to be, like, an amazing thing for, like, all of us to do. We were going to discover it together, and it was going to be incredible. And the rest of them are like, what? And then at the some fuck? point, uh, it's not immediately after this, but it's in, like, the next couple of minutes. She goes to Sarah, and she's like, I wanted to name it for you. And Sarah's like, this is not she's, the I fucking think, time. Sarah just kind of, like, gives her a look and, like, keeps going. Yeah. Like, it's obvious. Like, <sighs> Juno is a very human character, and I like that about her, but, like, Fuck, dude. I do think Juno um, is villainized a little bit more than she probably should be. Yeah, I think if it weren't for the fact that she fucked Sarah's husband, I don't think that she would be villainized as heavily. A hundred percent, but also, like, they were fucking each other. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely both ways, but that's still, like, an unforgivable thing to do to your friend. It is, I agree. It's just, like, she doesn't seem upset at all with the husband. It seems like, like to be fair, he's I mean, dead. it's complicated. He's dead, you know. Yeah, uh... It just seems we're like, we're going to make a villain. What are all the bad things this villain could do? Yeah. When, like, I feel like real life would be more complicated than That's just definitely her true. being. Because she doesn't really have very many redeeming qualities. It's true. You can tell she wants to be a better person than she is. I think so. I got that vibe from her. Um, But they just kind of, like, give her such a bad rap. And I think she could have yeah. been more human than she was. I think so, too. So they're like, okay, so we don't know if there's another exit to this cave or if that was the only way out. We might be dead. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we have to keep going because otherwise we'll just die. Like, that's, we have to find another way. Yeah, so they keep going and their tunnel leads to this, like, open cavern, but there's, like, a cliff and a further tunnel on the other side. And so um, they oh, realize God. they don't quite have enough rope to do exactly what they would like to do in terms of getting to the other side. So one of the women, and I honestly can't tell you which woman this was. was I it think Beth? it's... It's not Juno. I think it... I think it's Beth. I think, I think it's Beth. Beth um, but not 100% sure Juno's the last one across. Juno's but I think Beth across, is the first. And I know it's not Sarah. Yeah. And so she, like, she has to basically free climb across. <laughs> but so she free climbs, but she has these little, like, things that take up space. Yeah. They're, between like, the cracks. they fit into the rocks. So basically what it is, it's, like, a little space filler. Yeah. So, it, like, it pops open in the spot. So you, like, put it in or, like, squeeze it shut and put it into the crevice. And then it, like, pops open in the crevice so it holds your weight. So she's doing that all the way across. So, But yeah. as she's almost across, she notices there's already one in. Yes. And so instead of using one of hers, she just, like, attaches to mm-hmm. that one because she's, like, going to fall otherwise. Yeah. And that's the last one she needs to get across. So she gets across. They throw, like, a line, and they have all the other women, um, one at a time, uh, attach themselves to the rope and, like, pull themselves across. Yeah. Um, and that's actually where Juno says the whole thing to Sarah, because they're the last two on the other side. Yeah. And Sarah's like, 
fuck this. Not the moment. And just, like, attaches and goes. Yeah. And then Juno has a little bit of a struggle getting across because... Well, Juno wants to clean up along the way and, right. get, like, pick everything back up because she uh, is like, we lost the rope bag. We need everything that we have. Which is a very good point. They it do. Because... And so uh, she's going across and doing all this, but then she like, kind of falls and her weight is on the old one that's there. And it, and it rips fa- out. Yeah, it rips out. And so she falls. All the women grab the rope and they catch her, but one of them... Um, it's, it's Beth. It's it either, might be No, it's not Beth. Sam. It's either Sam or Becca. I think it's Sam because Becca's the younger sibling, and I don't think Becca does as much because I think Sam is very like protective of her little sister. I can honestly say I never at any point in this movie knew which one was Sam and which one was Becca. I honestly couldn't identify them by face either, but I think Sam is the older one, I think. Okay. Well, either way, one of them accidentally gets, like, horrible rope burn on her hand, and it, like, rips into her skin, and that was one of those, like, I don't like this types of moments in this movie. Yeah, they show you the ripped up hands. It's very unpleasant. Yep. And so she, like, slams into the side. Um, Juno, like, slams into the side of the uh, cliff, basically, that they're trying to get across. So she's in pretty bad shape. Uh, the other woman's hands are all ripped up. But they eventually get her up there, and she's like, okay. And so they look at the old, like, carabiner or whatever it is that they have, uh, and they realize that this is from, like, 100 years previously. Like, yeah, people no have one not uses been this there. equipment anymore. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this is not great. And then Juno is all like, well, no, like, if anyone's ever been down here before, they would have mapped it. They would have named it. Which like, is, like, not a helpful thing to say in this situation. Because obviously it means that they died. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just keep going and we'll, we'll see what we can find. And on the way down, they notice like this cave drawing or like a cave painting, basically. That's like the mountain and what appear to be two exits. So like, Yeah, cool. and it's kind of cool because they're looking at it with their flashlights and one of them's like, okay, gotta turn the flashlights off. Like we can't, like this is pretty, but like let's keep moving on. And then I think it might be Becca. I think it's Becca. I think it's Becca because um, she's pretty young, right? Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, wait, can you like light a flare? And someone does. And she's like, look this shows that there are two exits to this cave and they're like oh my god you're so smart that's so good um yeah but they keep going yeah and they're using this really cool like lighter trick to figure out which tunnel to go down when they have um right different paths yeah if you feel the if it flickers in one direction that means there's wind coming in from somewhere so you know which way to go down and so uh they find one exit or like one of the tunnels that does that and holly gets like a little too excited she well it looks like there's sunlight it's actually the phosphorus well, in the rocks she well she just like starts running before true. she even sees that's the true sunlight. yeah she does get ahead she's, of and they're like hey so, holly slow down slow down then she thinks she sees sunlight which is actually phosphorus which i didn't know phosphorus did that i didn't either and i didn't know that it would look that much like sunlight i tried googling it and nothing came up. It could also be just I a thing they put in the movie. I bad at Googling also. It's very mm-hmm. possible. I didn't try that hard. Yeah. But I was Googling, like, phosphorus, cave, sunlight. Yeah. I would also bet that if you're down there, even the smallest amount of light, you're going to be That's like, fuck yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what she saw looked a lot like sunlight. Yeah. And they're like, no, Holly, that's not sunlight. But she keeps running anyway, and then she slips. Yeah. And she falls down a hole. Yeah. Juno tries to catch her, because Juno and her are, like, BFFs. Yeah. So she is, like, Juno's climbing or like cave diving protege basically like yeah. she's kind of teaching her the ropes literally haha <laughs> the ropes uh so she feels like responsible for her so she tries to grab her and Is she just actually slips. where the phrase like teaching her the ropes comes from i would think it's a sailing thing but i'm not 100 percent sure oh well it could be i don't know who knows yeah not me uh, but anyway, Holly falls down the hole and snaps her leg so badly that the bone is sticking out through her skin mm. it's gruesome 
And it's really funny because at some point they're like, are you okay? And they're like, she's like, I think I hurt my leg. And then like the whole fucking then, like, bone is sticking, bone's sticking, sticking out. out. Like, no, Ugh. she obviously hurt her leg. And she doesn't start like screaming until she sees it. It could be like shock. It could be something Probably, else. Probably, yeah. But it's one of those things. It's like, really, you, you, you think you hurt your leg? Yeah. And so, like, everybody else, like, goes to help her. And they, like, they're going to drop somebody down. They drop, like, a, like a glow they stick down there. They also say they think they're, like, two miles down. That's why they yeah, know it's not sunlight. Which is fucking horrifying. I get uncomfortable, like, when I go to New York and I have to go to, like, the real deep down subway tunnels, I get very uncomfortable being two miles underground. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. I really don't like being underground I at all. I don't know that. See, half of me wants to start cave diving because of this movie. I was like, that's cool. They're cool. I want to be like that. I, I absolutely do, that. do I not. I also know that I am very injury prone. I'm currently very injured because, again, I am very injury prone. And uh, I'm clumsy and I just don't have time for a new hobby. So, like, this is never going to be something that I do. Yeah. But it looks so cool. It looks cool, but all I can think about, about is the part where Sarah gets stuck in the cave. And also, I'm a very big person and I don't think I would be That's able to fit. Like, caves are not med for tall ladies. You know what I really want to start doing is cave diving because I already scuba dive. Cave diving is incredibly dangerous and people die frequently doing it. Not like the crazy cave dive, but just like going into a scuba dive where you go into a cave. Okay, that's fine. But you have to be very careful. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's easy to get turned around and stuck. I would only go on the very touristy trap Okay, that's good. You can go to the touristy trap discover my own Don't ever try to do anything. Don't go on your own. Don't, nothing. You got to go with a lot of people and you got to go to very common places. Oh, no, no, no. You never go. Okay. The people who die are the people who scuba dive alone, which like after taking scuba diving classes, the number one rule is don't go alone. No, and you got to make sure you got so much air so that you don't get stuck down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. You can, you can go if you do all those things, but you can't die underwater. I'll go with a dive master. I will never go alone. I'm That's not good. that fancy of a diver. Okay. I am like a, I will pay someone to take me and other people to a place. I'm also very afraid of scuba diving, so... A lot of people are you claustrophobic? Yes. A lot of people who are claustrophobic are very. <laughs> I don't of like being deep underwater. I don't like being in small space. I, I just this movie is like my absolute worst nightmare. I, blah, 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 I don't. I like understand it. why you think the first half is scary and the second yeah. half. Yeah. I'm. I'm not afraid of underground I've monsters. I am legitimately afraid of a cave. Scared of being underground or of small spaces. Mm-hmm. And like, when I was growing up, I used to be the out of the three kids, I was the one who would always be the one to like crawl underneath the house in like a two foot gap in order to go like nope grab things or like help put things places mm. like that was always my job because i'm like was never bothered by that so i don't like that at all yeah. but props to you for being able to do that because that Thank is you. a terrible nightmare for me um so so while they're all helping holly out of the hole Sarah looks up and she notices something weird in the cave with them. Yeah, there's like a pale slimy dude with pointy ears. And he's drinking out of a pool and he sort of like skitters off when she like looks up at him. Yeah, and she's like, hey guys, I think I saw something. Yeah, and they're like, no, you're just, you're kind of losing it. Like they talk about like how dehydration can make you hallucinate before. They're like, you're just like, you're seeing things, you're hearing things. You know, don't worry about it. It's nothing real. You just, like, your mind is playing tricks on you because we're so far down. no, no. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw something. I thought I saw something earlier. And they're like, no. Anyone who's been down here would have died years ago. Not helpful. (laughs) How wrong they are. So then they get into this one section that's just fucking full of animal bones. (laughs) Yeah, they, like, start climbing up, um, and they find, like, a ledge, and they have to pull Holly up somehow. Yeah. Um, Didn't quite understand how they pulled her up, but she got up somehow. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's enough of them that they can sort of... Yeah. Um, And, yeah, they go, and there's just animal bones everywhere, and they're all looking around, and they're like, oh, shit. And they're like, we gotta get out of here. And so then there are three tunnels, and they do the lighter trick, but... 
there are no gusts like blowing from any of them mm -hmm. and it's like we don't know what to do so they have a camera on them which has an infrared setting and so they turn that on and they're looking around trying to see if they can see something in the darkness and they turn it to one of the girls. One of the girls. They turn it back and forth between all the people, and they turn it away, and they turn it back towards one of the girls. And, and there's now there's like one of those slimy monstery dudes behind her. Yep. And they're like, "Fuck." That, and that is was bad. actually a really good jump scare. I would say. Like, yeah, I that was a great actually. One. That was really well done. Literally jumped. Yeah. While watching it earlier today, because one of the things that I like about this movie is they don't waste their jump scares. Like there are no jump scares where like, oh, it's a cat or anything like that. Like if there's a jump scare, something is trying to kill you. I can't no, think of any. there's early ones. There's one where it was like a bunch of bats coming Oh, that's out. true. I guess, yeah, And the there beginning. was one in the very beginning, even before that. Because I remember Paul getting very frustrated. Like, what the fuck is all of these fake jump scares? <laughs> and I will say, uh, it took me two tries to watch this movie. The first one, to be fair, I started it at like 11 at night. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's um, tough. Post dodgeball. So we had just been playing sports, had a glass of wine at the dodgeball bar, came home, started this movie. No, that's tough, yeah. And so I fell asleep. And then about every 15 minutes, I'd wake up because there'd be like a loud, like, audio cue for a jump scare. Yeah. And this was one of them. Yeah. Um, and it was just really funny how much the music was like, there's something Oh, they scary get really happening loud, on. yeah, yeah, when something happens. So they like, they all freak out because there's all of these monsters yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they decide just to go down a tunnel. Yeah. They're like, fuck this, let's get out of here. But they're attacked by more of these monsters and then one of them decides to rip out holly's throat one of the monsters not one yeah, of yeah because holly is i mean she's vulnerable her leg is broken she cannot get away as fast and so juno is like trying to like get holly's body because she feels really guilty like sarah runs away and she like falls down a hole and like falls unconscious she's yeah, like separated head, like gets uh it hits a rock and her like lamp goes out and so she's separated yeah. from everyone else yes and juno's fighting for holly right and she ends up like killing a handful of them but also unfortunately Beth she hears one of the monsters behind her so she turns around and like uses the axe that she uses for climbing and like puts it through its throat but it wasn't a monster it was no, Beth. it's beth and so beth like falls at Juno's feet and like rips a pendant that Juno is wearing like off of her neck basically and begs Juno not to leave her and Juno's like um bye out, gotta go and so she like scampers off to catch up with everybody else so Juno or Sarah wakes up and she is not in a great spot no she's in like a <laughs> den kind of location yeah and there's a bunch of uh human bodies and animal bodies surrounding her and, and she still she, has the camera right um she does still have the and camera, so she's yeah. watching like in infrared wow like the monsters basically eat holly yeah and uh it's it's not great yeah but juno juno finds like what looks to be a way out of the cave she finds like these markings leading her out and so she follows those and she ends up meeting back up with sam and becca and they realize that the, what they call the crawlers, um, use echolocation because it's so dark that, like, they can't use vision. They don't really have vision, so they're using echolocation and to get the hunt. And at some point, I don't remember when it was in the movie, but it must have been Sarah who's, like, using the video camera. And one of, like, the crawlers gets, like, really close to the cameras, like, looking around. But you can see, like, from their eyes that, like, they're blind. Right. They're just completely blanked over. Um, and so Juno and Sam and Becca are like, okay, we can follow these markings to get out. But Juno won't leave without Sarah. Like, she's not going anywhere. She feels guilty as fuck. Understandable. Yeah. Um, and Sarah is, like, trying to figure out where everybody else went, so she's sort of, like, making her own way back through the caves. And she finds Beth, 
who is pretty much dead. Not all she's the way dead, dying. but she's really close. And she's so, not doing well. Yeah, she uh, tries talking to Sarah, and she tells her that, like, it was Juno who did that. Yeah. And that, uh, she left her. I did feel like, and I understand it because obviously Juno had stabbed her in the throat. I feel like Beth could have been... Beth was like, you cannot trust Juno. She did this to me, which makes it sound like Juno intentionally murdered her. That's the thing it was I think that very clear Juno that she could have been more humanized yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, she's a character like, yes, she fucked up by sleeping with Sarah's husband, which is yeah. really horrible. Yes. But everything else she did was like generally good hearted. Except and, like, for leading them into a cave. No, but she did it with like good intention. She yeah. was dumb to do it and she's she's cocky as fuck. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But she didn't like she wasn't saying like, let's go in this thing, we're all gonna die and it's gonna right. be great. Yeah. And she thought she was doing something cool. Yeah, and the, but the way the movie portrays her as is if she's like a villain, not trying to do something cool for her friends. I actually thought that the scene where she stabs Beth through the throat, like I her acting so was incredible. Because like, can you imagine doing something like that? Like, there's nothing you can it do to undo clear it. That she felt horrible. And yeah, I think the the actress did the best job that she could. I yeah. think all the other characters and how they treated her not and great. all that was not great. Like. Yeah. I think Juno deserved slightly better. Not like she didn't deserve a happy, happy ending necessarily, but she, I found her to be somewhat sympathetic and I don't know whether it's the writing or just the way that Natalie, um, I thought the actress was killer. Natalie Mendoza did it. I thought she, I mean, I thought she was great. I thought she was fantastic. She was really good. Yeah. Better than most of the actresses. I would this. say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so Beth gives Sarah the pendant that she ripped off of Juno's neck, which has the phrase love each day on it, which is the quote from Paul, who is Sarah's late husband that they talked about earlier in the movie. So Sarah's like, oh, Juno was fucking my husband. That's great. And there's even like a scene, like when they first get trapped in the caves where like they talk about Sarah's husband, like the, the accident and stuff. And Juno says something about like, we all lost something that day. Which was like, okay, yes, we know you were fucking her husband. <laughs> it's obvious from like, the first time you see the husband. Yeah, they were definitely fucking. And so Sarah's like, oh, that's great. That's fucked up. And Beth compounds this fucked up moment by being like, you can't leave me here like this. You have to kill me. And so Sarah has to bash her head in with a rock. Her best friend, who has stood yeah. by her for this entire time, um, who is... I mean, I guess Sam and Becca are also good people, and Holly is, like, a little bit rambunctious, but a good person. But, like, Beth is clearly Sarah's, like, best, best friend. I mean, uh, Sarah just met... all Everyone except for Juno just met Holly. Right. So, like, you know, her death is sad, but, like, it's not, like... It's not heartbreaking in the same way that, like, losing your best friend. Like, I right, could Right, having not, to kill your best friend. I could not smash your head in with I rock. don't think I could do it either. But then it's like, well, okay, so you're going to leave me to be eaten by monsters? Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Thanks. Jesus Christ, Manny. I meant leave me to be eaten by monsters <laughs> because, like, how, like, would you rather, like, oh, dead by rock or dead by monsters? I think in terms of, like, how, like, if you're talking about, like, how it is cooler to go out, I would say it's cooler to be eaten by monsters. But, but in terms of your actual experience, I would say dying by getting your head smacked in by a rock would probably be less honestly, painful. Honestly, both sound horrible. They do both sound awful. But one sounds better at a funeral. Then you didn't That's have to true. actually kill me. Like, if you had to be like, oh, uh, Maddie died because I smashed her head in with a rock as opposed to Maddie was eaten by monsters. Yeah. I would certainly rather not live with having smashed your head in with a um, rock. How about we just agree to not go cave diving, spelunking. Done. 
boom. Then we just don't have to even have this conversation about whether or not you'd kill me. Because, like, please don't kill me. Yeah, I would not want to. Unless it's, like, 100% necessary, but don't kill me. Yeah, it would be very difficult. Anyway, uh, but Sarah does it, even though it's also very difficult um, for her. Because she's a good friend. and. She is. Uh, she is a better friend than either of us are, apparently. Yeah. She finds a whole, like, family of the monsters after this, and she's, like, fucked up, and she just, like, murders all of them. Yeah. Like, goes ham on them. She's, like, covered in blood. She looks like fucking Carrie. No, there's a scene where she, like, goes into yeah. a pool of blood. She falls into a pool of blood. It's, like, a very apocalypse now Why shot. Why is there a pool of blood? Unclear. Are they just, like, collecting this blood for some See, reason? See, that is something that kind of took me out of it. Like, I get what you mean about, like, it looks very cool. Why is it there, though? Visually super cool, completely unnecessary. Also, as soon as she gets out of that, she, like, stops on a rock, and then, like, one of the crawlers comes along and, like, stands on her, sort of. I think maybe he thought she was dead because she just smells like like old blood I guess that's true. I feel like they should be able to tell that she's, like, warm and breathing. But I guess she's probably holding her breath. But I don't know. That part was weird to me. uh, Yeah, she, like, crawls up on this rock trying to get out, and then the creature comes over and stands and puts his hand on her head. And it's weird. And I agreed. Yeah. And then he just, like, leaves, and she's, like, cool, and so she leaves. She is not doing good by this point. I mean, she is just in kind of this, like, take no prisoners, kill everything. She's, like, broken. Yeah, like, she's not, yeah. She's having a rough time. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Juno, Sam, and Becca are, they're, like, being chased by crawlers. They're trying to get the fuck out. So they they reach, like, another one of these big sort of drop-off points where they have to, like, get across. Not the same one, but a different one. Same idea. Yeah. And so they reach this this spot, and Sam is trying to get across, but there is a crawler on the ceiling. And so she has this very brave moment where instead of trying to flee, like, it grabs, and, like, it ends up ripping out her throat, but she stabs it at the same time, and she, like, kills it. Before she, like, dies, yeah, she, like, stabs it to death. Like, she sort of goes towards it knowing that, like, okay, it's gonna kill me, but, like, I'm also gonna kill it. Like, it's obvious that she can't get away from it at that point, so she takes it out with her, which is very brave. Yeah, um, and then Juno and Rebecca are there kind of watching it, and Rebecca gets, like, dragged away by another one of the crawlers. And just devoured. It's really gory. It is super Like, gory. I would say one of the gorier deaths. This movie is surprisingly gory. Like, it is. It's really bloody. Scene, there's, like, a lot of blood. There's, like, sinew and, like, things. Like, when you're watching Holly being eaten, yeah. like, you can see, like, all, like, her intestine things, like, being pulled out. It's, like, yeah. or, or, like, not, like, you can't literally see her intestines, but you see, like, stringy bits. Yeah. Um, But Juno's like, yo, I'm not here for this. So she tries to jump across. Mm-hmm. does not make it no but falls luckily just into a pool of water yeah it's not as bad as the previous chasm that they had crossed well we don't know they never fell i guess that's true but they did drop a rock that's and i think true. that it clunked at the bottom um but i will also say as someone who has jumped off of a 40-foot bridge um that's a really painful thing yeah i would bet that juno's I in a lot of pain bruised my tailbone mm-hmm. i could not sit properly for two or three weeks and i had a giant uh bruise on my ass that was uh. about like the size of a dinner plate honestly that could have happened to juno i think she has a lot of adrenaline going that's probably true but so she meets back up with sarah who at this point is just like fucking done and juno's like where is holly well, first she's like where what is- the fuck happened to you yeah and uh, Juno says that to Sarah. Yeah. Sarah's literally covered, covered head in to toe blood. blood. Yeah. And so Sarah's like, well, what happened to Sam and Becca? And she's like, they didn't make it. She's like, well, what happened to Beth? And Juno's like, she didn't make it either. And then Sarah's like, did you see her die? And Beth's like, and Juno's like, yes, I did. Lol, don't trust Juno. Except I feel bad for Juno. I feel a little bad for her. She obviously could not have imagined that this would go as badly as it did. And so, um, 
they get basically like cornered by a group of crawlers and they destroy them. Oh, they it is a great action scene. They are like slashing and hacking and fucking shit up. Um at some point Juno puts a lit fuse uh thing into a crawler's mouth and then like stabs it in the head. You have Sarah who like uses both of her thumbs to like press into yeah. the eye sockets of one oh, of the crawlers. Oh, it's fucked up. And yeah. so after that's done, Sarah's like, fun fact, I know that you didn't see Beth die because I had to kill Beth because I know that you hurt her. But she didn't also, say any of this. No. What she does, she just like looks at her and she like, she might say something. I don't really remember. I think she says something about Beth. But she lifts up her hand and she's holding, well, first she picks up one of the, like a climbing axe off the mm-hmm. ground. It's like clearly very old. And then she like lifts it up and, you know, looks at her like what the fuck are you doing and then she opens part of her hand and the pendant with like the metal feather and the thing that uh sarah's late husband his quote was on it and juno's like oh Mm. and then sarah stabs beth in the leg yes with this old climbing equipment and pieces the fuck out yep um, I do think that it is a bold move to wear the piece of jewelry that your best friend's late husband gave you as an affair gift on a trip with that friend. That seems like it has a, especially if it has a quote that he is known for engraved on it. To be fair, his quote is live each day. Love each day. Love each day. But they already, they mentioned earlier that it's something he said routinely. Yeah, but I feel like that's a pretty basic ass quote. I guess. Like it's something you'd probably find on jewelry at like Macy's. True. It is a very basic ass gift. It's yeah. just a little feather pendant with like it's that. It's a feather on it. pendant with a quote that you can find anywhere. Yeah. She could have ordered it for herself off of Etsy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Did Etsy exist in 2005? I don't actually know. Well, either way, like, yeah. I get it. And yes, Juno made a lot of bad decisions. Sleeping with your best friend's husband, never something you should ever do. No. Um, you're not a good person if you do that. Her husband, also, not a good not person. A good person. Um, however, does she deserve to be stabbed in the leg with old rusty, like, climbing equipment and left for dead? Probably not. So, she's freaking out because there's, like, all these monsters attacking her. Yeah, uh, after Sarah pieces out, like, 50 climbers show up. Maybe not 50, but a lot. Sarah, like, falls and, like, is briefly knocked unconscious, but then, like, she wakes up and she climbs up, like, this really cool, like, incline that's, like, covered in skeletons. Yep. And there's, like, a light at the end. And she's climbing towards, like, it's very cinematic. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And there is a scene where she, like, falls and, like, hits her head kind of, then light pours in, and she, Mm -hmm. like, opens her eyes. And I was like, this seems, like random yeah well the thing is i know so she she goes she gets out of the cave she like manages to scramble out she runs to the vehicle to the um she runs to the truck she peels out of there she's driving like crazy uh she pulls over eventually because she just like can't take it anymore she pukes out the side of the window leans her head back in and there's juno sitting next to her like a hallucination of juno very bloody and she screams and the screen cuts to black and that is the american ending yeah so that's the ending that we watched um yes there is also a british ending to this movie apparently they tested the british ending and it was too bleak because u.s audiences like optimism yeah this one is not optimistic um in the uk version after this happens in the car Sarah wakes up in the cave. Yeah. And there's, like, a repeated scene um, of, like, her daughter's birthday cake that you see throughout. Like, her daughter with, like, the candles. Um, it's like an, like an like a vision, basically, that she has throughout the movie. And apparently you see that, and then you reveal that it's just, like, 
the flashlight or like one of the flares or something like that. Yeah, she keeps like going back to it in her head. Yeah, and then you like the camera just like backs away as you see like Sarah about to get like mobbed by crawlers. So that's the UK ending, which oh boy, wow. Yeah, I like the US ending. I thought it was good. I like it. I always kind of. I mean, I know it's the the sappy American in me, but I do like it when like the at least one person survives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it when everyone dies. Um, one of the best uh, endings to a horror movie I've ever seen was Grave Encounters, which I know has really shitty reviews online. Um, but I watched it at like 3 a.m. and it was like terrifying. But the ending, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen Grave Encounters. So uh, skip forward, like, 15 seconds if you haven't seen it. Um, But at the end, like, you think this guy escaped, and then the whole idea is they're in a mental hospital, and then he gets, like, captured by one of the ghosts and, like, gets a lobotomy. Mm. And he, like, there's a video of him, like, filming himself where he's like, oh, I'm all better now. And it's, like, so fucked up. And the whole idea, it's kind of like Blair Witchy, where it's, like, a found footage film where they all kind of get fucked up at the end. And I was like, this is so good. And, oh, my God, it fits so well, and I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) Um, The point being that I think that happy endings, while they're nice sometimes, I really enjoy, like, a really bleak ending. Yeah. Because it's kind of more realistic and kind of darker, and I think it's nice to just change things up sometimes. I do. I have a soft spot for them, largely because I had a screenwriting professor in college who, when I submitted the story that I wanted to write for our screenwriting, in class told me that um, I couldn't do it because it was a tragedy and no one would ever want to watch a tragedy because <laughs> viewers only like happy endings. I feel like there are a lot of movies that prove yeah. that wrong. So now every time one of those happens, I'm like, fuck you, dude. See, people do like it. People do like sad endings. So I feel like you should like sad endings more to prove him well, wrong. Well, I do like them from that angle, but then, like, there's also still a part of me that, like, when I was a kid, I would just, like, rewrite the endings of books that I didn't like if they ended sad or if characters that I liked died. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, in the Anne of Green Gables series, one of her kids dies, and I, like, in my childhood version, I have, like, a couple handwritten pages from me as, like, a 10-year-old being like, anyway, he came back from the war because it was okay, and there was... <laughs> A miscommunication. I and he's really doing like the first fine. Anna Green Gables book. I loved the whole series, honestly. I never read anything past the first book. But I, I read really all the of first them. One. They're great. They're wonderful. They're really, really good children's books. I think they're amazing. Um, but speaking of writing things that people seem to enjoy, yeah, Neil Marshall. Yeah, he was the writer and director of this movie. Yeah, and before this, he did Dog Soldiers, which is a werewolf movie. Um, and so it's like it's a horror movie, but it's mostly a black comedy. It's a lot funnier than this, apparently. Honestly, with the title Dog Soldiers. It sounds funny. I'm not surprised. Like, it doesn't sound like something you can take that seriously. No. And he said in, uh, well, we'll put the sources of this, um, like, in our, I guess, uh, section, like the. Um, the notes. Yeah, the notes or whatever. Uh, um, but he said that looking back at Dog Soldiers, I thought it wasn't particularly scary. It came out as a black comedy more than anything else. I still had this fundamental need in me to make a horror film that genuinely terrified people in the same way that I was genuinely terrified by the likes of Deliverance or Alien or The Shining, all those films from the 70s that I grew up with and have haunted me ever since. So he did a good job with that because this movie scared the shit out of people. I read that he originally wasn't going to do a horror movie as a follow-up to this. But then he agreed to make The Descent because he wanted to make it incredibly different from Dog Soldiers. And that's one of the reasons why he casted all women in it. Which I think is a great, I mean, that's such a good move. Like, I saw a review of this which referred to the movie as, oh God, let me find it. Because it made me furious. Um, 
actually talking about those exact uh, sources that I mentioned earlier, Deliverance, Alien, and The Shining, he said, from Deliverance, he took an adventure gone wrong. From Alien, he took a monster and a sense of atmosphere. And from The Shining, he took the terror of losing one's mind. He then grafted a chick flick scenario with horror film trappings to come up with. I'm furious. Yeah, I hate that. (laughs) Uh, Always, but also specifically because of the idea of referring to six women getting caught in a fucking cave diving if this like were, like, a, a bachelorette party, right. sure. This isn't chick a flick. chick flick scenario. No, it just is a movie that happens to have all women. Right. It's not the fucking, yeah, it's not bridesmaids. It's no. like, it's like if you had, like, six guys stuck in a cave, you would never be like, there's, okay, for one thing, there's not even a term for a movie that's just about men. I feel like there should be, or I feel like I've heard something, but. Not in the same way that, I mean, not there might the same be, like, way something that's like, a chick have, like coined it, but, like, chick flick is, like, a thing, you know? Like, yeah, I guess that it's mostly about, like, largely about interpersonal relationships. I mean, maybe that's what they think makes it a chick flick. Like, because there's. That's a thing. Yes, or they should be. I mean, if there's no interpersonal relationships in your movie, you're fucking up. No, if this was six men and one of them had slept with, like, the other guy's uh, late wife, like. It would just be an action movie. Yeah. It'd just be an action horror movie, period. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. That made me insane. That made me so mad. And I think that it's weird that, like, there's so many horror movies with, like, the final girl that you don't consider a chick flick. So, like, oh, if there's, like, one girl who's, like, super sexualized, yeah, there, then it's not no, a There need chick to be flick. two girls. One of them's a slut, and one of them's the good girl who's also sexualized, but she doesn't have sex, and that's the difference. And then the slut dies, and the sexualized virginal girl lives and that makes it not a chick flick i guess i mean all these women are like relatively covered up because they're like just going climbing so they're not like i mean they're not covered up but they're not like none of them are sexualized no they're wearing like cargo pants sorry also i want to make it very clear that i was just uh talking about the stereotypes of uh (laughs) shitty 90s and 2000s slasher movies yeah not uh i do not actually believe that is what horror movies should do and like listen i love shitty slasher movies i was definitely thinking with that with like um rose mcgowan who's like the kind of uh flirtatious yeah friend. more sexually active yeah friend. sure and then you have like the rules of horror movies yeah as they're given i was thinking more about the rules of horror <clears throat> movies yeah no i totally get that it just makes me crazy that like i, I don't know like it's so not chick flicky to me like it, there's nothing it doesn't like when i think a chick flick i think i think like a light and fluffy romantic I comedy like, with like the a holiday great wardrobe which yeah so i'm really excited that it's the holiday season because now i get to watch the holiday real talk i have been straight up listening to christmas music since november 1st i'm not sorry the point being that the holiday chick, chick flick. flick this movie the descent no no it's just an action movie with women and uh yeah and i mean the the fact that it's all women like drew a lot of the women who are in this movie to being in this movie which makes sense to me. Like, honestly, if you want to be in a cool horror movie and it's, like, an entirely female cast, I'd be like, fuck yes. I want to be in that movie. Fuck yes. Um, and the quote from Shauna McDonald, who played uh, Sarah, that I liked is, um, it's about six females, which I think is interesting to me only because it's never been done before. And I think it really needed to be. I think it needed to be explored in a film. If it's set on a... if it. If it had been set on a desert island or something else, I think six females is great. The horror aspect, we got to do loads of our own stunts. We got to do, we were all fit by the end of it. We were all strong, physically strong, so that attracted me. And then also just the layers of the characters. And if you took out the crawlers out of the film, the film would stand alone. It's super true. I definitely agree with that. I, uh, it was moving slowly before. I do like that they got, like, the redemption. Like, Sarah got to, like, 
be a badass by the yeah. end instead of like being the victim which she was for the majority of the movie true she refused to be the victim anymore and stood up for herself both against the crawlers and against juno who yeah. seems like she wasn't the greatest friend oh definitely not made things no. about her a lot of the time oh yeah but like Sarah kind of got that arc and I don't think that would have happened if not for the crawlers and she was feeling like obviously very insecure and I think that was portrayed by her failing to get through the hole and feeling like really like nervous about it that's true that's and a she good didn't point. have those insecurities anymore she just like did it and finished the movie and it was great yeah I think personally and I, I like you said I think it says a lot about like what people are particularly scared of like I'm not really afraid of monster movies like that doesn't really get to me because I don't I know that they're not real um See, I get terrified of, like, the bumps in the night and stuff like yeah. that more than I am about claustrophobia, which is weird because, like, I should be more scared of claustrophobia because it's more, like, a real thing. Yeah. But, like, I've also had a lot of nightmares about, like, home invasions recently in the past couple of months. I think mm. maybe because we've been doing this podcast and watching a lot of movies. That'll do it, yeah. Um, and so I'll wake up in the morning and check that the door is locked. And I there were times in my old apartment where the door was unlocked overnight and it was fine. And that faced outdoors. Yeah. And my apartment now faces indoors, so, like, it's a lot of layers to get in. But, like, I'm freaked out more about it now than I ever have been. Yeah. But for me, it's never been, like, small spaces and stuff like that. I'm so afraid of small spaces. I don't know why. I just don't like them at all. It makes me very That's completely – It's. I think it's really interesting what makes different people scared of different things. Yeah. But so I think I would have been like, okay, this is good, but I'm not scared if it just been a movie about the people in the cave. Understandable. Um, I did think it was interesting to like listen to or to like read the list of people that Marshall cites as influences. So he talks about like Ridley Scott being an influence. And I definitely see like a sort of a lineage from Alien to this. You've got like your sort of monster movie. Obviously there are way more monsters in this than there are in Alien. There's the same sense of isolation because yeah. it's like seven people trapped on a ship as opposed to six people trapped in a cave. Yeah. And you've got, you know, a very strong, obviously there are more women in this than there are in Alien, but you still have that strong female character. The one who takes charge and yeah. makes things happen. And who overcomes all of the scary shit and gets shit done. Um, he talks about Steven Spielberg. He says that Raiders of the Lost Ark was the movie that made him want to make films, which I love. I don't think I've ever seen an Indiana Jones movie. What? I love the ride at Holy Disneyland. Holy shit, Maddie. Are you kidding me? At least not maybe since I was like pre-age of 10. Oh my God. No. But I do ride the Indiana Jones ride every single time I go to Disneyland. Listen, we gotta know. Listen, young Harrison Ford, girl. Okay. We're going to address that a different time. We'll come back to that. We're circling that to return to that. It's very important. But Put a pin in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, he also talks about John Carpenter. I do think that there's similarities with The Thing, as we were talking about I'm earlier. I'm so good at not seeing movies You're that are great important. great at not seeing The Thing. But I'm also really good at watching horribly bad movies. Like, I watched the movie Cam, which I think I mentioned probably on the Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple times. I or two at podcasts. Every podcast since I watched Cam, I've mentioned it. It's a really bad horror movie on Netflix, but I loved it. Watch Cam. I do think that the thing, there's almost, again, sort of that similarity, which is basically the same thing as Alien, and I think there's a lot of similarities, which we also talked about in our Alien episode, between Alien and the thing where you're isolated, you don't know where the monster is, which is also an issue in this because it's so dark that they can't see them for most of the time. Um, and just that sort of fear of like being in an unknown space with something that like is going to fuck you up when it finds you. Um, he talks about Howard Hawks who um, is largely known for the Hoxian woman, which, again, I know that we have also talked about on this. Um, 
very very like he wrote a lot of great female roles um i think he did bringing up baby like he did his girl oh, friday I love bringing up baby it was like one of my favorite movies as a kid because i like cats but also howard hawks uh directed the thing from another world which is the predecessor to the thing which you haven't seen i'm the worst okay <laughs> we can acknowledge this uh and he also references sam peckinpah who did a lot of westerns that are known for their brutal violence I, I, i'd say this has some brutal violence in it yes it definitely does and there's also sort of that sense of like being lost again you know whether it's on the out in the wild west or in a cave you're sort of in a, a new territory also, for those who haven't seen Bringing Up Baby, I just feel like I need to explain that this is about a woman who, like, is babysitting, like, the leopard uh, pet of, like, an old rich woman. And its name is Baby because it loves the song, like, I can't give you anything but love, baby. I could do a whole other podcast series about um, screwball comedy. That's true. But we won't do that at this moment because that's about the opposite of what we do I just here. wanted to provide a tiny bit of context. Oh, wait, shit. I forgot this guy was actually uh, getting married to someone else. And then, yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that's that That's okay. That, that happens in every screwball comedy. Okay, cool. It's comedy of remarriage. It's a whole thing. Anyway, not important. I mean, it is important if you're talking about screwball comedies. It's not important if you're talking about The Descent. And specifically, <laughs> why, Sorry, Neil, why Neil Marshall decided to set it in the cave. Which is that he felt like there were so many ways you could die down there. It's true. There are a lot of ways to die. And we get to see people do them, like, do the death in a lot of different ways. I honestly think that that's, like, one of the scariest parts about it is, like, you could just turn a corner and fall down a fucking hole. To be fair, everyone who turns the corner and falls down a fucking hole does it because they are sprinting down Don't the run in the cave. It's like running no. near a pool. Don't do it. But so that's actually one of the reasons why I would be surprised if why they added the monsters. Because, like, it could have been a movie of, like, oh, God, we're trapped in the cave and this is horrible. More psychological. Yeah. But, like, they wouldn't be running. That's Other true. than, like, the one time where Holly runs and, like, gets hurt, everyone else going from there, there would be a sense of urgency. It'd be, like, slow and tactical. I guess that's true. I feel like they could have made them go slowly nuts in the cave and, like, made each other threats, which would have been interesting. Oh, definitely. I think that would have been really interesting. But I think, I think you could have had a real Donner more Party of a moment. Sen- uh, more of a sense of, like, urgency. True. Yeah. I guess if you... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the movie... Like, I would love to see a movie where people just go insane and start hallucinating in a cave and, like, lose their shit. That's obviously not the movie that Neil Marshall wanted to make. And I think he did a great job making the movie that he wanted to make. It's not his fault that I specifically find caves to be scarier than monsters. That's not not. on him. It's not his fault. Um, But I did, like, he also talked about how he wanted to make the women, like, kind of an equal threat to the crawlers as, as, like, the crawlers are to the women. Um, and he said, this isn't about six cavers being attacked by savage monsters. This is a film about a happy society of savage monsters being attacked by these girls because they kind of meet out as much terror and pain as the crawlers ever do. Oh, by the end, like, they are vicious as fuck. Which is, like, if you think about it from the, like, the crawler's perspective, like, they're just chilling underground. And then, like, these ladies show up. To be fair, there are a lot of animal and human bones. So clearly they're not just chilling underground. Like, they I are mean, hunting more... and bringing things back. Yeah, there's more animals than humans okay, by a long no. shot. When Sarah like falls and hits her head and wakes up and like yeah, no, there's that, a lot of skulls. There are there. like three skulls and a bunch of human spines next to her and stuff. That's true. That's true. All right, I'll give you that one. So like, there's definitely people have been eaten multiple times. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I did think it was interesting that he kind of and he he talked about how he specifically like made these little families like you can see like there's children in like some oh, scenes I never noticed that. and like female. Um, 
crawlers as well. So it's like they are like a little society. I did read that they were based off of like if uh, Neanderthals had like never left the caves and like yeah. they could have evolved into their own species. The first time I watched it, I think I thought they were supposed to be like vampire-like creatures. I kind of thought so too. Um, but then I read more about the movie and they were intended to be like a different species of human-like thing. And that's actually part of the meaning of the name The Descent. So it has like multiple meanings. So you have obviously The Descent into the cave. Yes. You have the characters sort of descending into like their most like primal versions of themselves. And then also sort of the descent from these humanoid creatures like the Neanderthals into like these creepy animalistic cave dwelling monsters who like kill and eat other people. And it's sort of it's all like the same. Look at that. It's a good title. Yeah. It's like returning to your most primal version like overall like as individual characters or as a species. I mean I think it's well done. I mean I think it kind of fits the overall like the movie overall I think was well done. Yeah. It's an enjoyable movie. So something that I was talking about with my coworker today, because um, I started talking about The Descent, and honestly, he doesn't really watch a lot of horror movies, and he immediately was like, oh, I love The Descent. A lot of people love this movie. And he pointed out to me that in 2005, we were not in the space that we are currently in when it comes to horror movies. I also pointed this out to you this morning. You did. Yes. I had this conversation with both of you. I, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to give him some cred because he's not here. So. I wanted to give myself a little bit of credit because I had this conversation. Yes. I actually, we also did talk about this as well. I actually also brought up this conversation with people mm-hmm. at work. Um, we have a horror channel uh, in my work's Slack. And I was like, hey, friends, do you think that we are in a horror renaissance right now? We are. I think I we are. I absolutely think that we are. And everyone is in agreement. No one said no. Yeah. Um, but in 2005, we weren't. We really weren't. And I think we were really in the, like, the heavy slasher remake. Like, that's around the same time where, like, the remake of Friday the 13th and Halloween. Like, all of these, Either like, kind of shitty remakes were happening. Or there were a bunch of, like, Japanese horror movie remakes. Yeah. Like, The Ring and The Grudge were coming out Which around that good, time. Which are good, but it's not, like, They're original it was, stuff. It was you know? new for the audiences, but it wasn't, like... yeah. This is very different. Not a lot of original English language stuff coming out. Yeah. And this was something very fresh. Yeah. I mean, this was not like anything else really that was being made then. And I think I would be interested to see like what a movie like this would be like if it was made today. I think I would probably like it more. I think so too. Um, I think the horror genre as a whole has really um, grown up. And something I love about the 2010s is there are a lot of horror movies that are not... People don't just watch them and think, like, oh, that's a good horror movie. They watch it and think, like, oh, that's a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, Get Out was nominated for an Oscar. Like, that's incredible. Black Swan was nominated for an Oscar. It Chapter 2... Or, sorry. It Chapter 1 was the highest grossing R-rated movie. Like, there's a lot of movies right now that are doing really well. I guess Black Swan was, like, a while ago. but still in the 2010s. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because we saw it in college, right? It was, in, it was in 2010. Yeah, okay. And so the point is that, like, the past decade of horror movies has been really killer. Um, and I think that they've learned to make it a little more mature as a genre. Yeah, which is exciting. And I think that on the one hand, I mean, it's amazing for right now. But I do think that it sort of lends itself to being a little harsher on movies that came out not during this time period. But I saw it 
this movie like two years ago and i really liked it the first time i watched yeah. it i was also awake the entire time the first time that i watched it i didn't fall asleep in it multiple times after rewind i think the way that i should have done it is to turn out all of the lights in my apartment and watch it Ooh, and just because i was also like trying to do some other stuff like you know i was working like it's hard to focus i was like trying to take notes on the movie for this podcast I while do, watching yeah i think that if i had just shut out everything else and just focused on this i think it would have been a lot more effective and that's what i did the first time i watched it and we liked it more okay and again i mean also like you mentioned when we talked about it there are not a lot of other horror movies especially in 2005 that pass the Bechdel test or that pass it as thoroughly as this one does yeah this is just like it's empowering in some ways and also like seeing just all these strong women do really cool things and yes like five out of six of them die maybe six out of six of them die depending on which ending it feels like a relief to see a movie where women are just portrayed as just people you know and I think that it's something that like it sort of rubbed me the wrong way with like the Charlie's Angel stuff that's come out recently. Like I, I, it's I was nice totally to gonna bring that up earlier. And a, a female centric movie, a movie that's about women. That's not like this movie's about women and how great girls are and how strong ladies are. And we're gonna put a joke in the trailer about how cool girls are. Like, yeah, all that stuff is true. And women are amazing. And like, I'm a feminist and I love being a woman and I love women. All that stuff is great. But like. There's something that's just so nice about watching a horror movie where it's just about women. It's not treated as anything different. They're just ladies in a cave getting murdered, and that's fine. And I love that, like, uh, Marshall talked to his female friends. Yeah. And we're like, hey, let me let me talk to you because I'm trying to get all these characters and make them actually feel realistic. And I think he did a really good job, and yeah. it shows. And it's never sexualized. Their no. conversations feel like conversations that you have with... And even the... Uh, like your female friends. Even the thing where it's like, okay, clearly Juno is like fucking Sarah's husband. It's because he like takes her helmet off and there's like a moment. It's not because like you walk in on them boning or anything right. like that. Yeah, it's very subtle. And you can also tell that like when she talks to... Um, Beth I guess or somebody about it and she says you know we all lost something that day like you can tell that there is like an emotional component too it's not just boiled down to like that's the slutty friend like even though you you like obviously she's in the wrong but you still get the sense that like she still has an emotional investment in the situation See, I almost wish they'd had someone else plan the trip who wasn't her and pick the thing yeah like maybe it was Holly or something like that because then it wouldn't be like Juno does everything wrong yeah and it could have focused on the one mistake rather than like making her the everything bad that happens or every person who like commits a sin who does something bad is one person right I did definitely get the feeling from her that like it was all sort of being driven by like she knew how badly she had fucked up and she wanted to fix it and she was just bad at fixing it I got that a little bit I felt like she was supposed to be portrayed as like a really self-centered selfish character Mm -hmm. which I kind of get also I just I think it would have been nice not just to have one female villain but instead have other people who like actually just made mistakes yeah instead of like no one else does anything bad in this movie I do also think it's a little problematic through a 2019 lens to have the only woman of color be the seductress who fucks everybody over and gets them all killed like you know, that's not, that hasn't necessarily aged no. <laughs> amazingly well. I, mean, I think that, like, she definitely had, like, she played the character, I do think she played the character really well. Yeah, certainly. Um, Some of the others seemed like they would have been too, like, they seemed like too much as, like, nice girls to be able to, like, pull off a role like that. Yeah. 
I think it would have been relatively easy to have like other women of color in some of those like nice girl roles. So it wasn't like, well, here's the, you know, I guess Natalie Mendoza is, um, I think Filipino and Latina. Okay. So it's almost kind of like, well, here's the like sexy Latina who like fucks your man and like screws everybody else over. Like, I feel like that doesn't sound as bad if there are other women of color in the movie as well, kind of operating in other roles as well. I do think she might've been the best actress in the movie though. I think she was. I liked her the most. And I don't know if it's just because (laughs) due to the fact that she wasn't just another white lady and she was the only American character, I could figure out who she was in all of the scenes. (laughs) But I definitely, I I enjoyed her the most. I thought that she was really delightful. I was sad to see that she, you know, doesn't make it out of the cave. Although there is a sequel which also stars her. So I guess she does make it out of the cave. Oh, shit. I didn't know what the descent to. But because she was the best, like... Even though she was like the villain, she was also like the most likable character. Yeah, I like Sarah her a lot. was kind of boring. Sarah was so boring. I'm like, I get it. Like, obviously, she's probably not but a person. But no one. Holly had a personality. Holly was fun, and then she died right away. Juno had a personality. Yeah. No one else really. Other, Beth's personality was being nice. I liked Beth. I thought she was a really good, supportive friend, but I didn't know that was much her personality else that was being yeah. nice. Which yeah. not like, a. Fascinating personality. And then the other, like, uh, Becca and uh, Sam didn't have personalities. No. And then Sarah's personality was being sad. So, like, Juno, like, you got to know kind of, like, you actually understood what drove her and, like, who she was. And you got a picture of her. And same with Holly. Everyone else was just like, meh. And I think that's part of why I liked her and what I felt was so, like, it's sort of emotional and complicated about her characters. You get to see her fuck up and you get to see that like, she feels bad about it and she doesn't really know what to do about it. And like, yeah, she still ends up being the villain, but you do get to see more of her like reacting to her own mistakes and sort of like trying to make decisions to fix it and fucking it up worse. And to like, be fair, if you accidentally killed a good friend of yours or like thought that you killed them and like ran away, like, like that's the thing when she goes differently yeah when she goes back and she meets up with sam and becca there's the scene where they're like well what happened to beth and she's like she didn't make it and like i thought about that a lot when i was watching it like if that had happened to me and we were already in this terrible situation like maybe i wouldn't be like oh i killed her by mistake like it's already bad enough like i could kind of get her being like we'll deal with that later like that's not for right now she was definitely like my, I think she might have been my favorite I think she was character. my favorite, too, because she's just complicated, and yeah. I didn't think anybody else was really that complicated. They weren't, no. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, what are we watching for the next episode, Maggie? Well, it's funny that you should ask that, Maddie, because we have something exciting planned for next week. I don't really like the expression on your face right now. Well, we're going to, since it's going to be the beginning of December, we're going to do something that really puts us in a cold and a wintry, maybe an Antarctica type of mindset. Watch The Shining, Maggie. I know. Well, we're going to do something that I know you haven't seen, which has come up multiple times in this episode. We are finally going to watch John Carpenter's the thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't tell everyone all the time how I haven't seen it anymore. No, we're gonna do this. Or I just don't watch it and have to pretend that I know what I'm talking about next time. It's just me talking for like an hour and a half, and, and you being like, bad jokes. "Yeah." Let me tell you about this movie from the 1930s I watched, which is not the thing. No, I will watch it. I will probably enjoy it. You will. It's a really good movie. I've heard really good things. It's John great. Carpenter's good. I like him. The last time that I watched it, I watched the entire movie thinking that Jeff Goldblum was in it and waiting for him to show up. He's not in this movie. I don't know what movie I was thinking about. Maybe The, the fly. fly? But I hadn't seen The Fly. I don't know. It's not important. He's not in The Thing. Is there a remake of The Thing or is there only one? Um, so 
there's the thing from another world, um, which is uh, an adaptation of the movie Who Goes or of the book Who Goes There, the short story Who Goes There. Um, And so the thing is also an adaptation of that short story, but it's not a remake of the thing from another world necessarily. And then there is a prequel that came out in like 2012 or something like that with um, uh, Ramona Flowers. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes, uh, as one of the lead characters in it. Is it weird that I just know that? No, name? I figured that you I've, would. I saw that's that why four I said, times in theaters. Yeah, it's that's fine. why I said Ramona Flowers. I knew. Um, you know. Okay, cool. So, because I knew there was a the thing that came out later. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a prequel. it's a prequel. Yeah. So maybe we'll watch both of those and talk yeah. about it. Check them all out. They're yeah. great. I'll probably read. Uh, who goes there? I'll drink some hot chocolate. Yeah. And, get warmed. Yeah, because it's definitely not. Yeah, because it definitely wasn't 80 degrees outside two days ago. Haha, it's cold today, so that's what counts. That's true. All right, guys, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. I know we're a little all over the place. You know, uh, we're here to have fun, talk about scary movies, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's all that we do. That's all I do. Yeah. All right, um, well, we will see you next week. In the meantime, enjoy your spooky Thanksgivings. Um, hopefully your thanksgivings don't get too spooky maybe they will i don't know what everybody's family haunted like. turkeys your haunted ghost turkeys are there any thanksgiving horror movies probably i would say probably during that 1980s like rush of uh, holiday horrors i would sense, say there's definitely yeah. a thanksgiving one so maybe look into some thanksgiving movies and uh watch a spooky thanksgiving movie that sounds great um anyway uh drive safe talk to you soon uh we eat love lots you of turkey eat so much turkey take care Mwah.